Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Happy Easter, Valley Point. It is an absolute joy to celebrate Jesus and his resurrection with you. And we're doing it online. Wow. If you would have told me at the beginning of 2020 that we would not meet in our church home for Easter, Easter, this is a really big day for Christ's followers. And if you would have said, yeah, the day we celebrate Jesus coming back to life, we won't be able to meet in person, I would not have believed you. Yet, here we are. Don't be discouraged by that, okay? Don't be discouraged. Whether we are meeting in a room together or in separate places, scattered throughout the region, one thing remains true. Jesus is alive. We believe that. So in the midst of church being a little bit different than what I have ever experienced in my lifetime, we celebrate Jesus lives. I have been reflecting more recently, as I am sure you have too, and thinking about Easter, this holiday. It's probably my favorite holiday. There's the whole religious and theological aspect of Jesus coming back to life that is part of this holiday. But Easter signifies a new season, new life, new perspective, and new hope. New hope, which I think we are all looking for as we continue to walk through something. We've never experienced a pandemic. Easter brings new hope for us. As I have been reflecting, I remember a song we sang in church when I was younger. The song was written by Charles Wesley, who lived during the 1700s and is known as the most prolific hymnist in English history, with more than 5,000 hymns to his credit. He wrote a lot of songs. The one I remember singing on Easter said this, Christ the Lord is risen today, alleluia. Sons of men and angels say, alleluia. Raise your joys and triumphs high, alleluia. Sing ye heavens and earth reply, alleluia. Today in all of our locations, we get the chance on this Easter Sunday to raise our joys and triumphs high because Jesus lives. Now, here's the deal about Jesus being alive. It's really important. Christianity hinges on this event. So much so that the Apostle Paul rolls out a bunch of if statements in 1 Corinthians 15. He basically asserts that if Jesus was not raised, if, then teaching about Jesus is useless. Faith is useless. We're still guilty of sins and we should be pitied. That's what the verse actually says. We should be pitied. So if Jesus was not raised, teaching about Jesus is useless, faith is useless, we're still guilty of sins and we should be pitied. The construction of the sentence suggests that pitied means pathetic or miserable. If Jesus is not alive, then we, his followers, are pathetic and miserable. 
this church stuff and living the story of Jesus and being a bright light, it doesn't matter. But here's the thing. The conditional sentences in 1 Corinthians 15 use a construction that assumes a fact, and here's the fact. Christ is raised from the dead. He walked out of the tomb. Jesus lives. Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia. Well, after his resurrection, Jesus had what I would describe as several adroit conversations. Adroit has the idea of being skillful, resourceful, or ingenious. Jesus had adroit conversations, and I want to look at one of those conversations today. Here's the big idea that will frame our conversation, and I would encourage you to take good notes, okay? Here's the big idea. Jesus speaks to the problem of hopelessness. He does. Before we look into this story, let me ask, do you feel hopeless at all about life, about family, about a habit, about some kind of loss, about COVID-19, or about Fill in the blank. You feel hopeless? Jesus speaks to that with this post-resurrection adroit conversation. So if you have a Bible or a device, please find Luke's gospel and chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Luke is a New Testament book, the third in the lineup of gospels that share the life and story of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to spend time in Luke 24 today. I will begin reading with verse 13. Here we go. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. It says, That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. God kept them from recognizing him. That right there has always confused me a bit. How do they not recognize Jesus? All of the art seems kind of obvious to me. You know, if you're walking along and the guy next to you has a halo, it's probably him. It's probably Jesus. Well, it may not have exactly looked that way. We don't know a lot about the two walking other than they were followers of Jesus. It's possible they didn't have a lot of close encounters with Jesus. Perhaps they didn't know what he actually looked like. But I think all of that speculation ignores the reality that Jesus was in a resurrected body animated by God's spirit and the text tells us that God kept them from recognizing him. So we accept that by faith. Back to the text. Verse 17 says, He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short 
sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. And then they go on to explain all of the events that happened to Jesus and how he died. Verse 25. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What's fascinating about this is that Jesus is basically saying here, the ancient scriptures of Israel must be read as a story that reaches its culmination in my resurrection. That's what Jesus is basically saying. All of that points to this, and I am alive. I'm here. I'm the one. Verse 28. By this time, as they were walking and as they were talking and as Jesus was explaining all of this, by this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, what? That was him. That was him. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Now that is an adroit conversation. But I think we have to back up a bit and feel this. The couple were followers of Jesus, but his death ended the dream of Jesus being the one. It's over. Following Jesus, it's over. Thinking that Jesus was the Messiah, it's over. Listening to Jesus, over. It's all done because death is final. There's no coming back. N.T. Wright, a scholar, stated it this way, nobody in Judaism had expected the Messiah to die, and therefore naturally nobody had imagined the Messiah rising from the dead. Death is final. The Messiah was supposed to fight a battle against evil, rebuild or clean up the temple, and bring justice to the world. Jesus didn't exactly do that. The dream is over. And that's why these followers are dejected and sad as they walked and conversed with Jesus. But they are walking and conversing with Jesus, a living rescuer. And their hearts burned within them and 
hope returned. Back to our big idea. Jesus speaks to the problem of hopelessness. He does. He did it for the couple on the road to Emmaus, and he's still doing it. Okay, here are some takeaways for us. For those who claim to be Jesus followers, time with Jesus is the key to a hope-filled heart. Think about that. Time with Jesus is the key to a hope-filled heart. Maybe this Easter is your call to move closer to Jesus because proximity with him brings hope. It does. Maybe this Easter is your call to pursue Jesus and make him the focus of your life instead of just a hobby. Maybe this Easter is your call to walk with him once again and recognize no matter what I've done, he still loves me, he's still there for me, and he's still holding out his arms for me to come back home. The truth is, we are safe with him, and that brings hope. For those who are watching, and you would say, you know, I'm not sure about Jesus and this whole thing. I just don't know if I'm there yet. Well, here's a takeaway for you. Come close and trust because Jesus loves you. This is the undeniable reality of Easter. It is the story of Jesus giving his life for all. His victory on Resurrection Sunday is yours. Come close and trust. And that brings hope. Father, we come before you on this Easter that we're celebrating in a different kind of way. But yet not being able to meet in our church home doesn't take away the truth and the reality that Jesus lives and he came out of the tomb and he appeared to many showing himself so that they would know that he was alive and real. And we've talked about this wonderful conversation that Jesus had with those two followers on the road to Emmaus. God, during that conversation, he brought hope to them. And that's what Easter does. That's resurrection. It brings life and hope. And on that day, Jesus spoke to the problem of hopelessness. God, I pray that you would encourage all of us with the hope that you bring in a living Jesus. Encourage us. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. And for you to think about this Easter. If you are a follower of Jesus, would you allow this day to breathe new hope into you? And would you allow that to move you a little closer to Jesus and pursue him in fresh and new and dynamic ways? In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of life being altered in ways we've never known before, would you just allow this day and the fact that Jesus lives to bring hope into your life?
If so, take this time right now just to offer up a prayer and use your own words to say, Jesus, I am once again resting in the hope you bring. Let's talk to him about that. Maybe you're watching and you've never thought about trusting in Jesus or coming close to him. But in light of everything that's happening in your life and in our world, maybe this is making sense. The fact that Jesus came for you and lived and died for you and rose again for you. And this is what brings hope. And by trusting in the saving and rescuing work of Jesus alone, we can have a forever friendship with him. Maybe that's all making sense right now. Then I would just encourage you in this moment, cry out to your heavenly father and maybe say something like this, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up my life. I know I'm not perfect. He already knows that about us, but I think he wants us to freely step into his presence and admit that. And then tell him that you're trusting in the hope of Jesus and you're trusting in that alone and that you want Jesus to be your leader and your forgiver. Just talk to God about that. Scripture tells us that God doesn't turn anyone away. And this is where we receive hope. So just cry out to him and trust in the hope that Jesus offers. And then thank him. Thank him for rescuing you. If this is a prayer that you've offered up for the very first time, I want to say congratulations to you. This will be your greatest Easter ever because of the hope that you have found. Father, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for a living Savior. Jesus lives. Alleluia. We praise you and we honor you and we worship you now. We pray all of this in the living name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.